Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's good, Cowboys Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Cowboys Fourth and Long with your boy Skywalker still and Mr. Fourth and Long himself, my big homie Jesse Holly. What's good, man? What's happening? Hey, we six and two going into the bye week. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I know, I know the mission isn't accomplished yet, but I think after week one, if you would have said Dallas Cowboys would be six and two going into the bye week, dang it, you'd have took it. What's that? What was that? Uh, uh, that my man on the hot one. He was sitting there talking. To him, look at us. Look at us. Look at us. Who the thought it? Who the thought it? Look at us. Look at us. Who the thought? Not me. That's a, not me. That's us. That's us right now. Who the thought it? Six and two. After five weeks with your backup quarterback, who'd have thought it? Who'd have thunk it? Here we are, man. And and, it's, and they got good momentum going into this bye week, too. Just beat the Bears. Uh, we were at Texas Live watching that game to get together. And it was it started off uh, really hot, and the Bears made a, a comeback. But then the Cowboys put them away, even though they ran for, you know, 200, 240 yards. The Cowboys came away with a 20-point victory. Kind of uh, put a cap on that that game, if you don't. Uh, mine there, Jesse. Yeah, offensively, um, you know, I was writing my notes down. I know you always make fun of me writing my notes down during the game. Um, <laughs> but I, I stopped at one point in time and just wrote W-O-W, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, underlined it three times. Because I was just impressed at every now and again, and this is this has been the longing, frustrating part for me with the Cowboys – in general, is that you'll have a game where Kellen Moore actually looks competent as a play caller. You'll be like, what? Look at this guy. And, you know, Dak looked confident as a quarterback. Just, just You just felt it. Um, and then you'll see the performance and you go, you know, like, like the bad boys, like, from now on, that's how you drive. From now on, that's how you – and you say that to you, like, yo, from now on, Kellen Moore – that's how you drive. Now, I get it. It's the Bears, and they're the worst defense in the league. I, but that's how you drive. It was creative. It was impactful. It, was, it wasn't wasted calories. It was everything had purpose. Um, and, and it just looked really, really good from your three tight end sets to your 11 personnel to your 12 personnel. I mean, it, there was a mixture of everything, and I was so impressed at the just the, 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 the vast – uh, uh, um, uh, what word am I looking for? Just the creativity. The creativity, yeah. From, you know, and everyone, it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're not going to have Michael Gallup running curl routes and comeback routes because he has trouble starting, stopping, starting again. We're going to just run a bunch of slants and a bunch of posts and give him the ball. You know what I'm saying? Things that keep him on the move. And, hey, we're going to use our tight ends. And, hey, we're going to run, we're going to run Tony Pollard on the edges. And we're going to, it was so much of just, the, the, the finally. And so that, that is the encouraging part. I was so impressed with that. Dak looked confident. And, and, and the numbers don't speak to what I saw to his confidence. He looked 
He looked comfortable. He looked in control. He looked in control. He looked like, uh, 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 he didn't look like he was guessing or double clutching. It looked so um, just strong. Everybody, and I just was like, okay, boom. The defense were doing their thing. Still got to do better on stopping the run. I, I get it. Like, still, they say what you want. I know, you know, 80 yards by Justin Fields. But, you know, you just can't give up 240 yards on the ground. Like, that, that, that to me is still one of those things where, in the back of my mind, I'm saying, but in late December and January, you got to figure out how to stop this now. Let me let me start backwards to start and start right there. There were some encouraging things in the ground. I know it sounds crazy, 240 yards, but but there's context to it. But there's two encouraging things that I'm looking forward to seeing after the bye week. Big stanky Hank. You yeah. Know? Big, big, big Hank looked good, Jesse. Like when he was in the game, all that time foolery wasn't going on, you know, but he can't play 50 snaps. I don't even think they wanted him to play 33 snaps. That was Wow. That was a lot for, for a big boy sweating out grease. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I would like to see that come down into that 20, 25 max range. Uh, so you're going to need other guys to elevate. But the other thing was Damone Clark got his first action. I know it happened to be with injury, but I saw some good things from an instinctual standpoint at the linebacker position. The speed was on display. I mean, yeah. he had a couple plays where he was just hauling ass and he was just making everybody around him look slower. Um, and then he had a nice pass rush in that game. So I wonder if they come out this bye week and say, you know, Stanky Hank, they're going to put you right there at that zero tech and you're going to gobble up these double teams and allow a guy like Damone Clark to roam free as opposed to an LVE or Michael Parsons, who made some good plays at linebacker on Sunday to roam free. So uh, when it comes to that run defense, those are two things I want to keep my eye on. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Like, I know people are like, oh, but Hank is, I'm like, dude, he's been here for seven days. Like, you haven't even given the chance to kind of fully ingratiate himself into this defense, allow Dan Quinn to see kind of where his strengths are and allow him to put together a plan for that. And the same thing with Damone Clark. You know, I've, I've been talking about Damone Clark since training camp and even back to the draft. I said that I said that if Damone Clark and and the, the other linebacker from Georgia that went to the Eagles, I said those two medicals check out the Cowboys and the Eagles got the steal of the draft because yeah. those two players are just so very good. And the biggest thing about Damone Clark, when you watch him, you can tell that he was thinking. And that's and and that's to be that, that's to be with a guy who hasn't played football in so long and he got his first action and got really thrown into the fire because Anthony Barr had the hamstring injury. But you can tell that he was thinking. And once he begins to get comfortable and figure it out, you have those moments like even the play where he rushed the pastor and missed Justin Fields, right? That was just him being too fast, right? It was just him being too fast and kind of instead of him breaking down and just wrapping him up, he kind of just was trying to run and get him and Justin Fields kind of like, and he lost him and somebody else ended up getting him. But it's moments like that when you say, like, man, when this kid figures it out, when he's not thinking yeah. and it's, it's, oh, I know my keys tell me to do this. I know where I'm supposed to go and I'm not doing so much of the, the, the mind guessing He's going to be he, – he, like, I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago. I said when they, when they finally get Cox, Parsons, and, 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 and Damone Clark, Ooh. it's going to be like the Jamaican 100-meter dash women's team. It's going to be so much speed out there. It's going to be like the Jamaicans out there. Them jokers just running around. Them three jokers with all that speed, it's going to be like the Jamaican 100-yard dash team, men's or women. They're just going to be out there just zoom, 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 zoom. It's going to be a sight to see, but you know, 
the biggest thing about Damone and, and Big Hank is it's just getting themselves ingratiated into the offense so they're not thinking, taking less plays for Hank, and then more time for Damone is to get his, 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 his wherewithal with him of, all right, this is what I'm supposed to do. Now just go and do it. And in regards to the offense, you said something about purpose. And I say this a lot on my show, and you are a former basketball uh, player, a national champion, might I add. I'm sure at some point in time in, in your basketball playing career, you've heard this, your coach say this, dribbling with a purpose. Yeah. I, I love to use that. And I actually use that in life, you know, talking to my kids and talking to, you know, younger people that I know is that you should do that in life as well. But in regards to the offense, I felt like you saw Kellen Moore doing that, right? You saw him, like you said, hey, Michael Gallup, you can't do X, Y, Z, but you can do this. Hey, we don't have Noah Brown today. Okay, cool. We're going to run 03 personnel. We're going to run 13, double, double tight end, 12 personnel. Tony Pollard, let's get you on a move on the outside. Kevontae Turpin, welcome to the party, sir. Let's get you involved. And then when you dribble with the purpose, you can set up later. So what happens when you get Kevontae Turpin going on that, that little pitch? You fake it, and you get, uh, uh, who was it, C.D. Lamb on the over route for a first down to put you in first and goal. So it was just so much going on offensively that felt like it was a setup for later. You just didn't know when it was going to happen. And if we didn't know, the defense damn sure ain't going to know. You know what I mean? Because there was times where throughout the years we like, all right, here come Noah Brown. He's motioning in. <laughs> run the ball. All right, Ezekiel Elliott's in. Uh, they got two tight ends. We're going to run any A-gaps. But there was a lot of creativity. So it was definitely uh, a plan, a, a purpose. And then when, when that happens and you're consistent with it and you're prepared, right, there's just a different confidence. And it goes back to that, that, that San Fran game that one of my callers said um, when, when Coach came out and was like, well, we had a little nerves. And my guy was like, well, you had a little nerves because you guys weren't confident in your, in your game plan. You guys weren't confident in your preparation. That's what he said. I felt like you saw the exact opposite against the Bears. Those wow. boys came out, we're confident, and we're ready to roll, and they got up on them 21-7. Yeah, and that was impressive, especially when you're, when you're staring down the gun barrel of the bye week, to yeah. come out to be that sharp. Um, and they dealt with a lot of banged-up guys leading up into that game, banged-up guys in that game. So it was like – a lot of guys needed the bye week. The bye week was on us. You know, sometimes you can look at a team and be like, oh, let's look over them. They came out with the level of focus that was like, we're going to start early. We're going to start fast. We're going to start fresh. We're going to be aggressive. And, and to your point, man, there was a level of preparation that just was – that might have been the best game plan start to finish that Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, whoever, however you want to do the combination, had called this year. And I want more of that. More of that. More, please. Yeah, yeah, more, please. More of that would give me confidence to talk about this team and a serious playoff push. But if you give me more of that, then I'm like, okay, now we cooking with grease. I, I like this. This, I can I can get jiggy with this ish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can get jiggy with that. So it's just about Kevin Moore staying in that bag and, and, and not, you know, glitching and reverting back to his, his old self especially when a little bit of adversity hits, you know, because that's going to happen. Just being able to stay the course when a little bit of adversity hits, but just being in a place of this is how we're going to do it, and we're going to do it like this every week. So we don't have a game to prepare for for next week. So what we decided to do, Cowboys Nation, is we're going to answer some of your questions, all right? And we got a lot of questions from our YouTube community 
that uh, Jesse and I will get to. And it's so fitting how this this kind of the show just went perfectly into this question. Talking about the offense, shout out to my guy, Marcus Hardison. He says, Jesse, do you believe this offense will continue to progress with the following weapons as primary targets? Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and the Hydra at tight end. He did not include Zeke. I think you have to include Zeke. I do too. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, if Kellen Moore is in the bag that he's in, that he was in against the Bears, or a similar bag to that, that's where all of this starts at. It, it starts with Kellen Moore. Um, it starts with him creating a game plan that is conducive to one, not only the matchup that you're playing, because here's the thing, Will, in, 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 in preparation for a game, there are some games you go into and, you know, maybe your dude just ain't going to get off today because it ain't his game. This ain't, sometimes it's a game like, yo, this ain't your game, bro. This this, this going to be a game where we got a great tight end advantage. So we're going to give Hendershot and Schultz and Ferguson a chance to get off. You might get you might get a dime here and there, but this ain't. And then some games it's like, yo, mouse in the house on the outside. We got an advantage here. And sometimes it's going to be like, yo, we're going to have to run. So there's different game plans for every single game. And that starts at the top with the offensive coordinator saying, you know, this is the game plan that we're going to go in with. And then once you get into it, do you have the ability or – the, the the ammo left in your in your gun to change up if you have to, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, you 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 have the ability with those guys to continue to progress because as the year goes on, Michael Gallup will get his legs back more and more. Um, you know, this bye will help CD and his little knickknack injuries that he has. I think we've had this back and forth debate. You know, Tony Pollard, Zeke, Zeke, and Tony Pollard, whatever it is. I think you just continue to give those guys. And, and 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 you know our guy Patrick did a great interview with Coach Skip Pete, and and you know just I know we want to give Tony Pollard the ball more, but sometimes you have to realize that you know the man has never carried the ball for twenty five times ever. That and it shouldn't be that way. See, the ball more giving him the ball more should be from ten to fifteen, not yeah. ten to twenty five. <laughs> and that was my thing. It, it was it was for. It, I called it empty calories, right? Like when you, those who are healthy and eating right in your in your nutrition part, there's empty calories. You know, sometimes you'll eat things that have a zero nutrition value, but eat up all your calorie count. So it's zero, you know what I'm saying? And for 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 Tony Pollard is, hey, if you're going to put him on the field, use him in an impactful way. Don't just have him out there to have him out there. But when he's out there, don't have empty calories. Make it useful. So that his 14 or 15 or 16 snaps are like, for example, like don't run Tony Pollard three times in the A gap. That's empty calories. Those are empty calories. Because not saying that he can't get yards in there, but that's not the most productive way to run the football with him. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. don't give him the ball empty calories. So to answer the call, yes, they're, 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 they can continue to progress and to, to have a, 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 a strong offense but it starts with Kellen Moore, and then it comes down to Dak being able to distribute it to the right people at the right time in the right situations. I'm going to echo you. I think they can, but it has to look like Sunday. I mean, I don't mean like exactly. I, I mean the process where there's creativity. I don't think you no longer have the horses to line up on Sunday 
and 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 not be as creative, right? Like I feel like if you're trying to go out there and say, "Hey, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Noah Brown, go win your matchups all day," I'm not feeling that this year. Last year's a different story because you had Mark Cooper who could beat your, you know, the ones, and you had C.D. Lamb going up against a three or four or safety or linebacker, right? Then a healthy Michael Gallup or uh, said Wilson who was eaten out of that slot, and you you just had different things going for you. This year, it's it's not like that. So I feel like you got to scheme it up more. And yep. he was in his Duffy. He was in his duffel bag on Sunday. So if, if Kellen can do that, not the same thing, but the creative part of it, absolutely. Because individually, these guys can do good things for you, but you got to help them. You got to put them in those positions to do those things for you. So uh, Marcus, yeah, I think we agree that, that it can progress, but it got to look like Sunday. Yep. Uh, Joe Meza, appreciate you for the question. He says, Curious to know Holly's thoughts on Tolbert. Will we be seeing Tolbert elevate this season, maybe next season? And, and then he says, or is he a bust? Yeah, far too soon to call him a bust. Um, and, and I got into like kind of a you know a Twitter debate with people early in the year. Um, because there, you know, not everybody, but there's a difference. There's a difference in the caliber of players when you come from you know, a Division One program, like the, a Power Five program, and when you come from a a lesser, you know, competitive program, and at the end of the day, what happens is you there's there's a there's a number of things. One, the verbiage changes. When you go to college, a lot of those kids hear one word and it means an entire play. It'll be like right buffalo, left pigskin. And within that gives you the protection, gives you the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes mirror routes. Uh, a lot of times in, in, the, in the lesser conferences, they'll just kind of have you running, um, you know, go routes and stuff like that. So it, now coming in, having to hear all that verbiage where it ain't just one word anymore. It's a long, long sentence or two sentences. And being able to get that down pat and be able to go out there and be efficient in your route running and efficient in, you know, your coverages, because in this league, you're going to see a multitude of coverages and it'll start looking like a cover two pre-snap and then post-snap, well, they didn't switch up and convert it. Now it's a cover four, or now it's a cover two, or now it's a man three, or now it's, you know, there's a a multiple different coverage you can go into. And now how do you adjust to that? So I think the biggest thing for Jalen Tolbert is, and, we, and plus, we live in an instant society, right? Everything wants to, you want the guy to start and be be ready to go right now. We don't live in a time where we allow guys to actually develop and and, and to do different things. So for Jalen, I, I think he has to understand what it is to be a professional, uh, how to study film, how to learn uh, the formations, how to learn multiple formations. I'm sorry, multiple positions, and to learn how to read defenses. I think the biggest thing for him is not athletically it doesn't come from the athletic part he's he's more than athletic enough for him it's the mentor it's all between the ears and being able to process it all and then put it together on the football field i think given you know giving him kind of a red shirt year where he'll learn to run a little bit you know look for him the next spring otas mini camps to kind of be like i right, i've got it now i can move and be the guy that i am because you know and he missed some time with injury that that matters when you're not getting those reps in preseason, in you know, in OTAs and minicamp, and you get behind, and now your confidence is shot. So, no, it's not a bust. It's just taking a little time, and we'll see what happens next year. 
man, that, that's some good stuff right there, Cowboys Nation. You definitely should be paying attention. And I wouldn't, I would consider a bust, but everything you just said, there was a play that happened in that game that now that I'm listening to you and then I saw, shout out to Mo, who dropped a play, and I didn't even pick this up in the play, but I'm like, see, it's those small things, small, tiny things that will will not gain trust from your quarterback, from the staff, and, and they won't utilize you in a way. And the play I'm talking about, uh, Jesse, was one where they had, it was a mirror route, but it was a fake screen on both sides. So they're going to fake the screen to Tobert, and they're going to have Dalton Schultz come underneath on like a quick slant. And then they're going to fake the screen to CeeDee Lamb, and they're going to have uh, uh, Gallup come on a quick slant. But when they do these fake screens, they fake it, and then the receiver runs a go route. Well, on the play, Tobert turns in, but he's not looking at Dak. He keeps his eyes at the cornerback. And the fake actually worked to the point where the safety came up. So the safety abandoned his zone, and it was going to be one-on-one with the corner, and the corner was flat-footed. So Dak had Schultz, right? And and at first, I'm like, well, why didn't you rip it? But then I started thinking, well, when they run this, they always run it to go, to go deep. And Jalen Tolbert is looking at the corner, and he stays looking at the corner, and Dak pumps, does a pump fake, and instead of ripping it, once he saw the safety come, he wanted Tolbert deep. But yeah. Tobert didn't he didn't move. And once he decided yeah. to move, it was too late. And he never got the corner up off of his, his position enough to where he can win one-on-one real fast. And as you're saying that, and as I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, maybe that's why Dak didn't throw the ball. Because it was an easy slant. But I hardly right. ever saw him throw that slant on this fake screen. It always went to see deep to CeeDee Lamb or deep to uh, Michael Gallup. So when you when I listen to you say that, I'm like, wow. You know, those tiny little small things like that matter. And that's probably why you don't see him on the field, not because it's athletic, but because it's up here in his head. And, and that's a lot of young players, it's that way. And again, it's it's those moments where you can only run that play that you're talking about maybe one or two times in a game. You're right, you once for sure, maybe two, maybe, but you got it. And, and that's looking at that like we had it. We, we had the look that we want. But Tobert in his head thinking, you know, well, I see one thing. And you got to be able to adjust. So, you know, that, that a lot of young players go through this. A mm. lot of young players go through this. We just live in a day and time now where there is very little grace that, are, that is given to young players because they want instant gratification. They want you to go right now. They want you to be impactful right now. And some do. Some do. Even from the HBCUs or the SWAT conferences or the, the low-level, the D2 schools or whatever, some do. But a large majority of them, even the ones that come from the Division One programs, there is a learning curve for these guys because the, the offensive systems are different. I'm telling you, go listen to a like go look at go look at college football. There is not the verbiage is different. Bro. Those guys have one read and go, and that's it. They'd be like this right here, bro. They just yeah. hold up the side. <laughs> hold the side up. Next play. And that's the play. They don't even say words no more in college. That's not the NFL. In the NFL, you're going to have to be able to do that, learn that, and then be able to look across the thing and go, okay, that looks like a cover two. And then when the ball is hyped, what happens now? And those who are able to pick that up are the ones who kind of have the success and be on the field. So give, give, give young Tolbert a little bit of time. I know y'all don't want to. I know you want him to go right now because he's a third-round pick. But just be, 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 
be be willing to give a little bit of grace to the young fella. Now, this time next year, if we're still talking about him not being on the field, now we can start barking up that tree and saying, all right now, yeah, all right now, bro, like, let's go. Popcorn society is the term that, that, that I've heard, and it's perfect. Uh, let's stick to wide receivers. NCS had a had an interesting question, and he used he used certain players for his example. And I'm laughing because I want to answer at the end here. He says, "If if Dallas drafts a wide receiver, would you prefer guys? What would you prefer at wide receiver? The type of guy, a route runner like Amari, a speedster like Tyreek, or a big body like Metcalf? What would be better for Dak and the Cowboys?" Before I let you go. If you give me anybody like that, it don't matter. Put, put them in the system and let's boogie. Metcalf, Tyreek, and Omari, they all can do things differently, but they're all, you know, those type of receivers that are going to help you. But what would you prefer? And I'll give you my answer on, on I guess, what I prefer. Route runner like Omari, speech like Tyreek, big body like Metcalf. If, for me, as from the position, right, speed is always great, but I'm always a fan of the route running. And if you're telling me that you're going to still have the same offensive coordinator and the same head coach, then I know that I know this offense, this offense requires to be successful a route runner because you're not going to get, and, and hopefully this changes, but you're not going to get the, the consistent creativity of being able to schematically draw up routes that are going to get uh, your receivers open through simply the route that is drawn up, which means you're going to need a guy who's able to run routes in such a way that he's able to compensate and overcompensate for the deficiencies that they're going to have in the lack of creativity in the route running itself, in the route schematics itself. I hope I didn't confuse anybody there, but if you're going to have this offensive coordinator in this particular offense, you're going to need, because we got speed. He's standing on the sideline. He only returned punts and kicks. Mm-hmm. We 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 got size. Maybe not six foot four, but you know Noah's a big dude. We, we you know Simi Fahoko's a big dude. They still they still don't throw the ball like that down the field. What you need, and for this quarterback, who yes, I'm not saying he can't throw the ball downfield, but he is much more accurate and much more productive when he throws the ball in between twelve to sixteen to seventeen yards. Well, most of your routes in the route tree are starting 12, 14, 16 yards in this offense. Curls, uh, um, speed ins or dagger routes, the uh, the Harvey routes, which are 15 yards, quarterback slants, uh, five-step post. All those routes are in the 12 to 17, 18 yard range. So for me, 100%, I would want, if you're, if you're talking about giving me Kevin Moore and Mike McCarthy, Give me the route runner every single day of the week. Yeah, one hundred percent agree with you. This this isn't a an offense where the passing game concepts are going to be as creative as we've seen from like a running standpoint, or as we as we've seen from a uh, pre snap post snap motion standpoint that we saw in uh, Chicago, against Chicago, not in Chicago. That a lot of that creativeness was was at the line of scrimmage, uh, but when it comes to you know once you snap the ball, now the guy's got to run the route. Like you said, it's basic stuff. And we've seen how Amari Cooper can make a basic slant, a basic post, a basic comeback, a basic uh, anything basic look exceptional. You know, 
and make yourself available because that's the one thing about this quarterback, Dak Prescott, and you see it in his progressions and you can hear it on the sideline when he says, man, you was tied up. If you're tied up, when he looks at you, he's not waiting for you to get open. He's going back to his progressions, which has always been funny to me. Dak Prescott doesn't doesn't go through his progressions. Yes, he does. Sometimes he goes through them too fast. Sometimes people get upset because it's like, man, you could have waited just an extra second for Amari. But an extra second in the NFL could mean you're sacked. So if you're not open, he's going elsewhere. So in this offense with this quarterback, yeah, give me the route runner that can make himself available more often than not. What a basic-ass route. Let's move forward here. Let's get to the other side of the ball right quick, and then we're going to finish off uh, with with a potential comeback player here. You mentioned earlier about the speed of of the defense, the potential of the speed of the defense next year. Uh, but but with the play at linebacker, which hasn't been horrible from an LVE or Anthony Barr, but it's 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 some some meat left on that bone, right? You, you kind of want a little bit more from that position. And we all thought that a Jabril Cox would be a guy that would potentially get a shot. Uh, Jeffrey Milby said, what is happening with Jabril Cox, a.k.a. Brillo? Is he not progressing in a way that we we would warrant a way that would warrant him not playing more? Or is it something else? Well, he's not on the injury report. Right. I haven't seen him on the injury report. So he's not injured. (laughs) And, you know. Let's scratch that off the plate. The only other thing now is you just don't fit into what we're doing right now. And that and that all comes that goes back to something I was saying about Jalen Topper. These young guys have to come in and for for Dan Quinn, things are happening so fast. Not for him, but for this defense. Right? And so what at times what you don't have the ability to do is in season. I don't have the time to hold your hand. Mm. I, I can't hold your hand because I'm limited on the practice field. I'm limited in the week of preparation. So everything is at everything is at a limited basis at everything that we do because you can only be on the practice field. They only practice for an hour and a half, right? Hour and 40 minutes. So how much time can I spend with you, Jabril Cox, on the practice field so I'll make sure that you got it. I can't because I, I got to work with Hankins. And I got to work with Micah. And I got to work with Tank. And I got to work with LVE. And I got to work with this. I don't have the time to hold your hand. So everything is moving so fast through the preparation. If you aren't picking it up, we got to keep this train moving because Sunday's coming. And our weeks are cut short. So if you're not putting in the extra work in your own time, to learn what you're supposed to be doing, then I'm limited in what I can do with you right now. In the offseason, I got all the time in the world. I got no game to prep for. I got nothing to look at. You know what I'm saying? I can work on developing and building. But this is the this is the part when you hear veteran guys say, hey, young fella, learn how to be a professional. It's these things that get in the film room. Ask the questions, pull a veteran to the side, get an understanding because your defensive coordinator and your position coach, they just don't have the time to hold your hand through the process of you learning what is happening. And the way Dan Quinn is kind of putting together game plans every single week, you get left behind. The basics are installed, 
but I'm giving guys different looks every single week depending upon I'm playing the RPO. I'm playing the team that likes to go three wide. I'm playing the team that likes to do this or that, this quarterback, that quarterback. So, so defensively, I have to be multiple in everything that I do. Yes, the fundamental foundation is laid, but every week I'm putting a new wrinkle and twist in. And if you ain't got last week's, how the hell are you going to get this week's? And I, there isn't enough hours in the day to hold a guy's hand. So Jabril Cox, I think, is getting kind of a little bit left behind because things are moving so fast and you just don't have the time to hold the hand of a young player um, like that to get him to understand and learn his assignments. If I had to guess, I just I don't think they trust him right now, which is what you're saying here. Um, if, if this is what is happening, right, like he's not getting it mentally, and it's hard to argue that he is getting it mentally because a guy who didn't have training camp, didn't have preseason, didn't start off practicing with the team, the minute he was ready to come back, he got the chance to play. Now, yeah. he, he plays middle linebacker, a uh, little different position than what they want Brillo to play. But like we said, at the end of the day, the linebacker position isn't like it's Micah in front of you. It's not D-Law in front of you. It's not J-Rock or J-Ron Curse in front of you, right? It's it's LVE and Anthony Barr. And I think that Brillo had to win the trust in camp because, like you said, I don't got time during the season. And what happened in camp? He was coming back from his ACL. Then he got hurt again. So he was missing practice, had to miss a game. And once you got only got three preseason games now, once you have to miss a preseason game, once you're missing some training camps, and we're now we're at the end, that's wrap. It's over. You know, it's gone. And once LVE is not playing in preseasons, right, and and they're getting Anthony Barr, his legs wet, they're basically telling you what's about to happen. And, and, And our expectations probably should have been altered in that regard. But once you start seeing a linebacker play, it was like, all right, well, what is up with your bro, Cox? Like, why why isn't he getting uh, put in there? And there really hasn't been a concrete answer. They interviewed George Edwards, and he just gave him, you know, confidence. Said, hey, you know, we're confident when Jabril is is ready, he'll he'll take it and run with it. But that might not be this year. Um, that's, and, that's, yeah, that is the only coach speak for. He you know, don't have like because again, to your point, a coach, especially at that linebacker position. Is Jabril Cox more athletic than Anthony Barr and LVE? Hands down, unequivocally, yes. Yes. If we're just doing off skill set alone, give me Jabril Cox. But then it's all about the Bruce Carter factor. I would tell Bruce Carter this all the time. I said, bro, you're so athletic and you're so fast and you're so strong. But if you're going the wrong way, you're just a strong, fast dude going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. I almost said something I shouldn't have said over there. Thank God I didn't caught myself. Um, you know, I'm like, you're just a strong, fast dude going the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if if LVE may not be athletic, as athletic, or may not be as fast, but he knows where to go. Yes. Even when he, even when he knows where to go, he, he may not be able to, but he knows where to go. So I'm going to take my chance with the guy who knows where to go and deal with the at point of attack then, then a guy who doesn't know where to go. And Dan is big on that. He's big on trusting you to be where he needs you to be. I mean, defense is that way, right? Like if one person misses their assignment, that is a floodgate that can open for a running back or a a window or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is, 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 as much meat that's left on the bone from an LVE. I've said this, I've been saying it all year. 
LVE plays a little tentatively. Uh, to me, he plays like a safety. He plays back. He plays like, I don't want to mess up. And for the most part, he does it. Yeah. Like, for the most part, he's where he needs to be, but he's just not there quick enough or he's not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here, yeah. y'all. Like, like this this could have been a 20-yarder, but it's a 12. <laughs> it could have been an 8-yarder, but it's a 6. So, because I'm here. But what if you're not? Now what? So, I think it's a trust factor, Jesse. All right, last question of the pod, and this one is is one I don't, you know, I haven't really asked you about this uh, just yet, so I'm really interested to see. Uh, Straw Hat says, what are y'all's thoughts on the offensive line once Tyron Smith comes back? What would be your ideal lineup? And let me set this up for you. Steven Jones and Jerry Jones, now three consecutive weeks, have mentioned Tyron Smith's name. I don't think anybody's even asked them about Tyron Smith, but they made sure to bring up Tyron Smith. And they said that Tyron's about three to four weeks away from starting that window. So we could be looking at, you know, Tyron being back at some point in December. Tyler Smith is your left tackle. What would be your ideal lineup when he comes back? I'm I'm still standing on the point I said weeks ago. I think Tyron Smith, won't be ready in December. I also believe that Tyron Smith has played his last games Mm. in a Wallace uniform. To answer the question, if this team is serious about getting things done going forward, let me ask you a question with a question. Peters is a more accomplished, is a more accomplished left tackle than Tyron Smith. Has played more years, has more Pro Bowls, has more All Pros, and you put him at left guard. Uh-huh. So if Tyron is coming back, and he's older than Tyron Smith, so if Tyron is coming back. And you felt that Jason Peters could go and play left guard. If you're serious about the future of this franchise, then you need to seriously consider if this is going to be a part of your quote-unquote best five, sticking Tyron Smith at left guard. And leaving at if, if you're going to play him, if you're going to play him and leave Tyler Smith at left tackle, because to me, the days of Tyron Smith being your left tackle are done. Hmm. He has shown to you and has proven to you over the last five or six seasons, he is incapable, he is incapable, I repeat, he is incapable of completing a season healthy. I don't need him to. I don't need you gets for 16 games. I just need you for four or five. You wouldn't roll dice? No. 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 <laughs> Leave that young boy out there. Because, again, again, in December, you're talking about what part of December? Are we talking about Christmas Eve? I can't see him being back at the beginning of December. So I'm, I'm probably thinking those last maybe so three Tyler, games. Or what? 
six more games, five more games, six more games. Roughly, yeah. So, I mean, he's getting he's getting on the job experience, and to be to granted, he ain't doing a bad job. Is he a pro ball? No. Is he is is is, is he boo boo juice? No. He gives you some quality good play, but the only way this kid is going to get better, you leave him out there. Leave him out there. And if again, if you took a forty-year-old dude who's more accomplished record-wise than Tyler than Tyron Smith, and you thought he can play left guard, then put Tyron in there. I don't Not think Tyron got the bot. I don't know. I I just think Tyron's. I, I don't know if he could do the left guard though. Then leave him on the sideline. That's what you, I was about to say. That's what you're saying. You're saying don't make any move. No, because for what? Here's why. <laughs> I, I'm okay. going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate because I think you do play Tyron Smith. If you're serious about, you said serious about the future. If that is your goal, if your goal was to be serious about the future. Tyron Smith give you missing literally 14 games of the season. 15 games. If he comes back on Christmas, 15 games of the season. What will he give you better than Tyler Smith will give you at that position? I I I definitely think that you get Tyron Tyron Ty Smith ramped up a few games heading into the playoffs. Tyron Smith healthy is one hundred percent an upgrade at left tackle. Like I think he's an upgrade at left tackle. But but here's the domino effect. I also think you get an upgrade at left guard. I think Tyler Smith now with fifteen games of NFL experience. Bump him down inside next to a Tyron Smith, which he's not playing next to a Tyron Smith right now. That's a whole different animal. Now we're we're talking about Tyron and Tyler next to each other as opposed to Tyler and McGovern. That is an average left side of your defense or offense. I'm sorry. Tyron and Tyler is a totally different animal, and he's a veteran as well. So it's this all comes down to health. I don't have to worry about Tyron Smith, you know, dealing with hey picking up the offense or anything like that he knows this offense like the back of his hand so he's been here for that he knows this quarterback he, 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 he's been here for that this is all predicated on Tyron's health if it's like hey coach I'm about 85 man I think I, think I get out there well big fella it's been nice having you here for the Cat Dallas Cowboys thank you but no thank you right like I, why am I going to throw you out there at 85 percent knowing that 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 bone or that uh what did he tear his hamstring that hamstring, yeah, hamstring's gonna come off, brother. Uh, but if he is a hundred percent, I think your best lineup is Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Biadish, Martin, Steele. And if if you say, "Hey, I just need five games," would that be three plus so six games? I need six games. I don't need sixteen. I don't need six years. Do you want this Super Bowl? I need six games. And if he can't give you, he only can give you four. He only can give you five. He only can give you three. Those three games might might one of them might be in the damn playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So, and now you know, I right, Tyler can kick back out there. We know he can do it. I don't really look at this as stunning his growth because there's a lot Larry Tunsils, Tyron Smith. There's a lot of guys that started their career on the opposite side or started a career at a different position and then they and then they got acclimated at their position they're at now. So I don't think it'll stun his growth going from left to left. Left to right, maybe. Left to left, not necessarily. But plus, he's been playing left tackle his whole life in regards to Tyler Smith, like he said. So I should have believed him when he said I could slide out there with no practice and be fine, and he did. So that's my devil's advocate to that is I think the best lineup to go on a Super Bowl run 
is to include Tyron Smith. One of the things that I, I get a chance to work with Nate every day of the week, and one of the things he always preaches to me when it comes to offensive line play is continuity. Mm. Continuity. That is the, the C word is something McCarthy loves, and, and that is something that you do have to kind of put an asterisk on. Like, how much how much do you value the continuity? And, and, and at that position, like, I think that is the greatest like, – I think offensive line is the greatest display of continuity. Like, have to have it, right? I think, you know, when you see when you see offensive line that kind of are just a, a turnstile and guys are going in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, you see the effects. But you also see the effects of an offensive line who has the comp- continuity and their ability to stand pat and be firm in what they do. And it's just a different level of that. And, and, and dude, does Tyron know this offense? Like the back of his hand. He doesn't have a problem knowing this offense. But it's changed. It's changed since Tyron Smith has been in a uniform. It has. Tyler has changed. Beatus has changed. Martin has changed. Steele has changed. Dak has changed. Everything has changed around. And so when you're talking about you're talking about playoffs, we're talking about one-game scenarios. And this is the part that people sometimes fail to realize. It's a one-game scenario. That's it. It's a one-game scenario. And I just have to try to figure out how to beat you in a one-game scenario. And so if you're talking about Tyron maybe not coming back until after Christmas, that's, that's maybe a game left. Or two, maybe, I think. Maybe, yeah, one or two games left. And mm-hmm. then you head into the playoffs. That's not a lot of time. Mm-mm. And so, you know, to, to get him acclimated back into that system, to get that continuity back with that offensive line, I think sometimes, you know, this is one of those moments where, you know what? Let's roll with the guys that we have. Now, if an injury happens, an injury happens, and we gotta we got we have to adjust. But if he's not coming back until late December, in a one-game scenario, trying to trying for him to find his legs in a one-game scenario, I think that's a little bit of coaches taking a risk that they do not have to take just to try to get a player back in the game. And it may cost you because there is, to me, that I, I, I know this for a fact, there is a level of, I don't care how many years you played, when you've been out for this amount of time, you need a moment or two to get acclimated to the speed. The to ramp the, up. To the, to the, that's what they the call ramp, it this oh, year. Yeah. yeah ramp up. That's a new word for it. The ramp mm-hmm. up. You need that. You need that. So you need, and you also need, you know, your body takes on this. It, it's it's a little bit of trauma. It's a little bit of just muscle, uh, 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 you know, reflection and muscle memory. It takes some time to get that back. I remember Amari Cooper talking about when he was out for a little bit, he was like, man, you know, I was stumbling and getting my stuff together because my legs just weren't there just yet. And that that matters. And for a guy that size with that injury, that to me, I don't know. I, I just I just feel like. You know, I, I, I think there's there's, there's something to. There's something. Uh, kind of an echo here. Uh, I think there is something to what it sounds like the worst case scenario, only having a game to ramp up. There, there is that, there, that would give me pause. I'm not going to lie to you. One game, I, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to pull the trigger on that 
unless you potentially get the bye week, right? Maybe then that's a different story. But I, if that's the worst case scenario, one game, I got a lot of pause. But if there's a best case scenario and you say, well, I can get Tyler Tyron Smith ramped up for three games, I think that's something you should consider. Uh, because at the yeah. end of the day, continuity is all fine and dandy. But do you want to have continuity with worst players or do you want to have continuity with your best players? And if I can get a guy, and we're not talking about getting a McGovern back or getting a Josh Ball or, well, let's go. We're talking about getting a Hall of Fame left tackle healthy back and then moving a guy who's a mauler inside to left guard. I, I just think that could have a, a, a positive trickle-down effect if he has that ramp-up period. But if you're talking about, like you said, after Christmas, and I think you're right, it's only one game after that. I think it's the Washington game. I don't know that it makes sense. I don't know that that makes sense to throw him in there with – And do you, even, uh, do you even risk it at that point <laughs> in week 17 or 18? I don't even know if you risk it at that point because what does that matter? What does that one game – what is it really going to do? So, uh, you know, you're, you're giving me some pause on that one. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, like you said, I, I agree with you. If you're talking about three or four games where he got a chance to ramp up and get in there, all right, let, let's let's see. Let, let's see how it looks. And even then, you can play because they, they, they've done this this year with playing different um, looks. Yeah. You know what? Hey, you know what? This, well, let's see what Tyler and Tyron looks like at left guard, left tackle. Tyron at left guard, uh, Tyron at left tackle, Tyler, Tyler Tyron know, at can't, left tackle. I can't stand Tyler, it, bro. Right tackle. Uh, okay, I mean, sorry. Tyrin at left tackle, Tyler at left guard. Yeah. Right? Let's do that. Okay, this next drive, let's see what it looks like. We switched. Okay, this next drive, let's see what it looks like. You know, you can play with those things like that, you know, in those games, especially if you have a game where you're like, all right, we go, we're up. Let's see, let's see what it looks like. Let's see what it looks like and see if we can kind of, you know, get some film on it, see how it looks, maybe play off that. But. We're talking about a one-game scenario with Tyler, Tyler Swift coming back. Tyler Swift coming back. I'm just like, I don't know, dog. Yeah, I don't know about I'm that. What I, got. I don't know about that. And, and but I tell you what, though, if 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 he is to come back at all, we both well, we're on the same boat. I didn't think Tyler Smith. I thought he was done. I just thought it's over. He's not going to play another snap. Uh, his entire leg is ripped off the bone. <laughs> like, how is he coming back for this season? If he does, that's a good problem to have, regardless of what happens. And my Mind you, listen to where the information is coming from. Like, if you're still on the I believe the words that are coming out of Jerry and Stephen Jones' mouth about injury, then you're a fool. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not. I mean, I don't mean you personally, but I do mean you personally, Will. If you're believing that everything that comes out of the mouth of Jerry and Stephen Jones about injuries, all the time about that. And it, it, it's another one of those things where they can be like, you know, I, I'm, I'm throwing out some teams think that we're going to get this guy back for the foreseeable future, whatever it is. You know, it's just like, because again, you have to ask yourself a question. Nobody asked about Tyra Smith. You just freely want to come out your mouth and say this. Like, why? Nobody, we didn't ask about him, but they're like, hey, don't, hey, 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 don't forget. Tyra's coming back. Like, nobody, had, no, nobody, nobody believed that, that to begin with. Yeah, you're right, man. So it's like, you know, this whole thing was like, that, oh, four weeks. It's like, yeah, he comes back, he comes back. But y'all keep telling that he's going to come back at a certain amount of time to do what? To give us hope about what? Like, we're not struggling. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, like it's not like you know, that, that we're giving up six sacks from the left side every game. No, we're, we're, we're actually okay. Like, we're, 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 we're pushing through. So when Jerry and Steven gives me injury updates, I'm just like, I, 
Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. you got to be careful yeah. with them, man. Yeah. They they don't they're not always the truthful with everything, and I don't gotta. We'll leave it at that. I kind of still stand on that. I think you may have seen Tyron in his last I do. his last days in that. I believe it when I see it when it comes to him coming back. I, 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 I'm i sorry. It's not like I, I see film of him out there to practice or nobody's reporting, hey, Tyron Smith is out there setting and hitting people. No one's saying any of that. It's just, hey, three to four weeks, 21-day window. Oh, all right, cool. When we see the, the yeah. film, the, the videos of him actually doing that stuff, then, yeah, I believe it when I see it type thing. I miss. Can't miss him. Right, right. Man, good question. <laughs> good question there, Straw. I had good questions from you guys, Cowboys Nation. And that will do it for this week's bi-week episode of Cowboys Fourth and Long. Jesse, parting shots here. Let them know where they can find you. Oh, man, you can find me whenever we get back this thing going again. Five days a week at 1 p.m. Central on Hanging with the Boys. You can find me here uh, uh, with Will and I on Fourth and Long, uh, A to Z Sports on Wednesday nights. Uh, and you can find me on Mondays and Fridays with Jeff Cavanaugh on Believe um, network and then of course we killing it on Sundays with the pre and post game halftime and post game show at Texas Live at A to Z Sports Dallas. So you know what it is. You know what I'm saying. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Fourth Alone. And you know, hopefully in a minute I probably won't have that blue check because I refuse to give Elon Musk my eight dollars. I'm Man, not doing. It. I'm not. Hell for what? For who? For what? Not, Shout out to Ricky Waters. I, I don't. I don't care about this blue check mark enough to give you eight dollars. Listen, I, I I don't even know how I got the check mark, but I take it. You can find me on Twitter at Skywalker Still with the check mark or without the check mark. A to Z Sports Dallas every morning, eight thirty a.m. Central. We had the award show today, Jesse. I had a ton of fun with that one. Go check out my little clip I did with, with Micah. Yeah, I like that blue. That was that was like that electric blue. I like. It. Yeah, you see that? Yeah, I had to get snazzy for it. I had to get snazzy for it, man. But yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, and then check us out on Sundays. We always have a good time. We keep it real, but we have a, we have a, a really good time with our game day live Cowboys Nation. That will be our time. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace.